Welcome back, everybody. It's your boy, DeVille D.I. Thoughts by DeVille D.I. Podcast, bringing you another What You Doing Wednesday, where I highlight different people, authors, actors, entrepreneurs, and give them the chance to come on the show and tell us about what they're doing. Now, today I have an author with me, Ms. Shalia Vinny. She's um, an author. She's also president and founder of the Vinny Girl Incorporated. And so we're going to talk about her latest work, Little Girl, Little Girl, Don't Get Lost in This World, and, you know, anything else that comes up. So how are you doing today, Shalia? Oh, I'm doing so well. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm really appreciative of you taking the time out to talk with me today. Um, so let's go ahead and start with, with, with a little bit of the background. Tell us a little bit about where you're from and who you are. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm from Long Beach, California, born and raised Cali girl all day, every day. <laughs> I, um, I am a two-time best-selling author and a speaker. And as you said, I'm president and founder of Vinnie Girl Inc., which is my nonprofit organization that helps young women. Uh, we have summer camps, mentoring programs, conferences, workshops. We just do everything we can to help our girls not to become a statistic. And uh, I've devoted, devoted my work to ba- basically centering around that. My girls are really the heart of what I do, which is also why I wrote the book. Okay. What in, uh, inspired you to um, take interest in helping out the younger generation like that? You know, I was a teen mom and I had all this promise and, you know, I was going to go off to college and I was going to go and be great. And then I fell in love and I got pregnant. And here I am at 16, having my first child. So my whole future went kind of bye-bye at that point. So luckily for me, because I had the right foundation, I was able to pull myself back up and kind of, you know, get myself dusted off and, you know, uh, centered around and, you know, turned around and get back to where I was trying to be. But I noticed that there's a lot of girls who may not have that. They might not have that foundation. They might not be able to get back up the way that I did because typically when this happens, especially, you know, coming from don't usually recover. You know, you have your first child at 16. By the time you're 20, you might have three by different fathers usually. So I wanted to kind of figure out a way to help girls to not fall into that trap. And it's not necessarily teen parenthood. There's so many other pitfalls that come, especially growing up in the impoverished neighborhoods that we come from. Okay, so if you if you don't mind, you piqued my interest with this foundation. Um, so, like, what are some some things that you like that you guys provide or do for these young ladies? Because my my um my current girlfriend, she actually was a team mom too, and she went through um, a, a organization here in Atlanta. And so, I was just wondering what the similarities would be between that and and what you got going on out there, if you don't mind. Oh, no, no, not at all. Uh, So, you know, where we come from, there's not really a lot of great outlets and positive outlets. You know, we used to have boys and girls clubs and Mm -hmm. after school programs, and they kind of phase those out. And so now we, we see that there's nowhere for our youth to go 
that is safe and constructive. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to try and find some sort of way to work on that. And, and my organization now is trying to actually put uh, actual buildings into the communities that they have to go. But we wanted to start off with a specific summer camp because mm. where we come from, again, there's not many options for us. And if there are, they're very um, out of reach of, according to our finances. Most of us can't afford to send our children to those sorts of things, especially for the entire summer. So mm. I wanted to start specifically with the summer camp and then see how things went. So what we do is we take these girls and everything is all paid for. There's no expense to any of our families ever. We don't nice. want money to be a reason for them not to be able to participate. So we take them to a nice retreat, you know, someplace beautiful. Uh, last year we took them to Big Bear and we took them to a nice cabin and, you know, we hang out there, we bond, we do activities, we discuss life, we discuss uh, future plans. We talk about college. We talk about everything that bothers these girls and that impacts these girls. And we just take them away from their environment and show them this is what's possible. And so we started off with that. Then we evolved into conferences and we do mentoring programs because another problem is, you know, you take these kids and you put them in a summer camp and, you know, it's beautiful during that time. But then what happens when reality kicks in yeah. and they're back home? So I, I didn't want to just leave our girls behind once they got home. So we, we implemented weekly check-in calls with our girls, you know, with different mentors who have signed up. They're all vetted. They're all uh, background check cleared. And, you know, they call these girls, they check in, and it's whoever the girls, you know, uh, gravitate to and they build real connections with. So our ladies are amazing. They talk to the girls. We, you know, just kind of keep them on the solid path and they know they always have someone to talk to, whether it's a text message, a Skype meeting whatever they need. Yeah, I think that's awesome, especially the fact that you were able to find a way to make it cost-free for the attendees because you hit it the nail right on the head, man. A lot of times people, you know, coming from uh, um, certain backgrounds or certain, yeah. certain uh, what do you call it, um, financial levels, can't, yes. can't, afford, <laughs> can't afford to do that. Uh, I know exactly. I have I have a twelve year old man and she's she kills my pockets with uh, <laughs> band camp and science camp and oh, yeah. all this type of stuff. So I, it gets it, it it takes its toll after a while. Oh and, yeah. Um, I'm definitely want to salute you for doing that. And uh, so like, is there a way just in case somebody's listening right now and say they like to help or they're interested in getting involved with that? How would they where would they go to get uh? get information or if they wanted to donate or whatever, anything like that. Yeah, they could go to vinnygirlinc.org. There's a button on there if you want to be a mentor. And you don't have to be, you know, in the California area. You could really be anywhere to, if you want to mentor. Any way you want to log in to help. We have people that donate clothing or supplies or toiletries. I mean, it just depends on how God is using you to help our girls. We, we're thankful for all the support we get. Uh, we don't, we have a few sponsors. Uh, mostly it comes from myself and our leadership team that we literally donate everything on our own and we make sure that there's always a way for our girls. That's awesome. I, I know most of the time people get to that part towards the end, but I wanted right now while, while we had people's attention, I wanted to go ahead and lay that out there for you because <laughs> like I said, I feel like that's very commendable what you're doing for those uh, young ladies out there. Thank um, you. Yeah, my daughter actually lives in California too right now. She's oh, really? Stockton. Oh, yeah, that's the other side. But I mean, it's not that far. It's a few hours drive. 
Yeah, I've been so I've been out there twice since she's moved out there. And I, I kind of like California. California is amazing. <laughs> yeah, we always have wonderful weather. Expensive though, compared it is to, compared to Atlanta. It's oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's for sure. I mean, like what you just said is is so true. Like when you're talking about even with your daughter, you know, the pockets, like it hits your pockets. And like we talked about these parents, they're a lot of them don't just have one child. So, you know, there's all these single mothers and they have multiple children. How are you going to afford, especially to send multiple children to do things that are constructive? So this is one of the reasons why we really, really, you know, push and and champion for Vinnie Girl Inc. as much as we do because it makes a huge difference. Nice. Now, what inspired you to be an author? You know, I've been an author (laughs) before I knew that I was going to be an author. Really? It's my gift, you know, like, you know, when you're a kid and you, you find something you like and, you know, you just think that this is something you like to do and you don't know any better. And it's like, I always feel like that's when you know, like, this is your gift from God. This is your calling. And this is just my calling. It's, it's all I've ever really wanted to do or to be. I might not have gone into writing immediately because people told me, especially with my daughter, and then I had a son at 19, they were like, you might want to find a career that pays. You, you can't just depend on your writing. So I went and became a nurse. But in my heart, that fire never would go away. And I knew that I had to write if I was going to really be happy. So I went back to it and I've, I just could never leave it. I never stopped writing. I just never published anything. Mm. So you have an archive of just un... Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, most, most of the, um, the authors that I've had on my show so far, just talking to them, I come to find out because I'm, I'm one of those people who always say, I'm going to write a book, I'm going to write a book. But I never finished writing a book. And then I find out that the, that the the people who actually accomplish it, they have just a lot of them just have piles and piles and notebooks and notebooks oh, and notebooks yeah. oh, and stuff yeah. that they're writing. And I was oh, like, yeah. man, I guess it's kind of like doing like songwriting because I used to do I used to rap, and that was real easy for me. I could sit down and write something out, you know, in a you couple see, hours. You're an author. Yeah, but when it when it comes down to to, to that side of the writing, it's like <laughs> you know because I have this thing where. I never think that I'm on the right track. So it's like, no, nah, I don't want to put that down. No, nah, I don't want to put that down. See, no, of- you have to just write. Just just let it pour out. That's when you get to the editing table that you start to decide what stays and what goes. But when you have this idea and you have this vision, you just put it out there. Just let it flow out. Like, and I've told everybody, like people always ask me, how do you just come up with these things? And I just, I never think about what I'm going to write. Like, this probably sounds funny, but everything that I've ever written Mm -hmm. has already always been inside of me. Like, it's always something that's just, the words are there already. I just need to sit down and let them pour out. And they literally just pour out onto the page. I just have to find time to do that. But I've already written it before I ever sat down. And you sound like the same way. Kind of. Yeah. 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 I just have. (laughs) I just have to get past that block of actually putting overthinking it. it. You're, overthink- you're not blocked. You're overthinking. Yes, me. Yeah, I do have that problem. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, tell us about your latest work. Little girl, little girl, don't get lost in this world. Oh, this is like my heart 
in, in word form. It is a book I wrote for my daughter initially. And then when I started to look at the landscape of our girls nowadays, just when you look at society, especially with social media and just how our girls have turned into women faster than ever before, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're more uh, risque with how they dress and the way yeah. they talk. And, you know, they're so grown as our, as our parents used to say more than we were back in the day. And so I started to think about that. And I was thinking I needed to share this more for my, not more so for my daughter, but mm-hmm. for all of the girls at this point, because they're growing up so fast. And when you combine that with the wrong environment or the wrong, you know, uh, people that are, you know, their guardians or, you know, whoever is influencing them, this could really go badly for our girls. So I, I wanted to talk, you know, honestly and openly to the girls as somebody who has been there and experienced it and also made it out. And I wanted it to be a platform for parents who may not be there, you know, or we all have, you know, maybe you're the most successful person in your family as far as your siblings are concerned. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have a niece who, you know, your, your brother's not really in her life and her mom's not the best role model. Maybe you could gift it to her, you know, or maybe you have a child or you, like you said, you have a preteen, she's 12. Maybe you could give this book to her. And it could be a conversation starter for you guys, because sometimes as parents, it's hard for us to be honest and open up to our kids about life and sex and, you know, drugs or peer pressure or bullying. I mean, whatever those things look like, it's hard for us to open up to them sometimes or to be honest and transparent. So maybe this could be a conversation piece just for our girls to have something or someone that they can listen to. You know how teachers are. You don't know anything. You're my dad. Like, how dare you tell me something? You know, sometimes they need to hear it from someone else before they, oh, maybe they my dad was right. Okay. Yeah. Or at, the, at the least, you know, once they get to the edge of making what may be a wrong or a bad decision, it may click to say, hey, wait, my dad told me about this. Exactly. Let me take and now they're hearing it from someone else, you know, and it's like, okay, okay. Maybe my dad does know something. I mean, rarely, but one thing. Yeah, my, my, that's one thing I will say. My daughter gives me credit for no, she, she always tells me, you know, every time we hang out, I learn something. Because especially now that she's living in um, California, but before. Did after, I lose you there? Okay. Now I can, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Um, like when, once me and her mom went through divorce and we weren't in the same household anymore, mm. I always tried to make the most of all the time that we have. So with not just by, you know, buying things or going to do fun things, but actually having conversations. So I have these things, this thing where like while we're driving to go do the fun stuff, I'll cut the music down and and I'll just start talking to her. Yes. Like I always learn something when I'm with you and then (laughs) deep down inside, you know, I'm getting all warm and fuzzy. Cause I'm like, (laughs) dang, it's working. Maybe I'm doing, maybe I'm actually doing this right. But you know, like what you just said is like makes my heart smile and at the same time really saddens me because like the sad part is, especially like even with this whole, you know, tragedy of losing Kobe Bryant and the whole girl dad memes that are going around and the Mm -hmm. hashtags, there are so many young women that don't have that, that don't know that father's love and someone who can just listen to them and to, you know, support them and, you know, secure them and protect them. So many of our girls don't have that. So just imagine what that's like for those girls, 
So I wanted to write to them as well. You know, I wanted, I mean, I'm not a man, of course, you know, but I wanted to explain to them when you don't have a father role model in your life, what can you do about that? Can you get a father figure replacement? Or, you know, what do you do when your mother's not you, the, the best role model or you don't feel a deep connection with her? You know, what are avenues we can go down to kind of help ourselves pull ourselves up and not use that as a, as a crutch? You know, a lot of people will, well, I didn't have a dad growing up. And if I would have mm. had my mother, then this is why I'm okay. Now we know that. So how do we get past that? But just with you saying that, like so many of my girls talk to us and most of them don't have fathers and they don't know what that's like. They, so they start to look for that kind of love through knuckleheaded boys. and yeah. It comes out all wrong. Yeah, so or, it's just it saddens me or that older guy who comes yep. along and and you know yep. he can he can give you the comfort and give you a few yep. things and you know lead you in a horrible direction oh at the end God. of the day yep, yep. now it happens every day what do you think um because you said like you said and i agree that these the young ladies are growing up faster oh. as a <laughs> as a woman yourself what do you think is contributing to the them growing up so fast now versus you know how we came up i think again like i think a lot of these girls like not having the father in the home because like you just talked about you and your daughter's relationship i know there are some things that you are not going to sign off on for your daughter to be wearing or to be doing Mm -hmm. you know you're instilling in her this love and this respect and you're teaching her to respect herself you know, and when these girls don't have these fathers in the home, that's one of the biggest reasons, because a lot of the times they're looking for attention. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm seeing so often. And this is why you see the girls, they're doing it for the likes, if you will. You know, they're dressing more provocatively because they're just looking for some love at the end of the day. That's, that's what I'm seeing. Mostly, even when I talk to these young women, they're just looking for some attention and, and to be loved. They want to feel wanted. They want to feel cherished. And they don't understand that that's a horrible way to get that kind of attention because this is the worst attention you can bring to yourself. But it's just them looking for some some self-reassurance. Am I beautiful? Am I worthy? Do I matter? Because the main person in their life who was supposed to show them that abandoned them and made them feel like they didn't matter. Wow. That's, that's heavy right there. You guys out there need to step it up. <laughs> Absolutely. Couldn't could abandon in these young ladies. They need you, man. That Absolutely. was never that was never even an option for me. That was and never an I commend you for that. You know, like so many men, they they hook up with these women or their one night stands, and and again, the cycle repeats itself because some of their mothers came from the same type of situation and environment, and mm-hmm. now they've brought these daughters into the world, and it it's, it just continues. But so many of these men never intended to be a family. And, you know, it's so sad. And it's like, how could you turn your back on something that you created? You know, it's not fair, but it's reality. And so that's one of the main reasons that I'm seeing that so many young women are falling into these traps and these pitfalls. They don't have any guidance. And a lot of them are using, you know, and, and the sad part is, a lot of these mothers are actually really good mothers. They're not bad mothers. It's just that they're not present enough. The problem is, once again, We've left all of these women, you know, statistics show that there were 80 million uh, single parent households in America in 2019. So out of those 80 million, 80% of them were women that had the household. So 
that just goes to show you right there, 80% of these single parent households are women. Now, they have multiple children as well. They are working multiple jobs, just trying to survive and provide for all these children. The cost of living is ridiculous. So they don't have a choice but to be away from their children more often than they may like to be. So now, who is raising the children? They're at home by themselves often. They're looking after their younger siblings. They're being raised by social media and what they're seeing on TV or from their friends. And who is there to show them anything differently or to guide them in the, uh, the, a better direction? Yeah, nail on the head right there. So they don't have a father. They have a mother and, and their mother is doing all she can. But that means she has to be away from them in order to provide for them because she probably doesn't have help, which is what we're seeing a lot. Yeah. When I, um, I remember when I actually um, got married, I remember my mom telling me, she was like, you know, when you was little, you used to say that you needed, that you, um, you didn't want to just have kids. You wanted to have a family. Oh. And I think that came from the fact of my father not being around that it was like, yeah. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you how to be a dad because you know, yep, I didn't have yeah. one. Yeah. And, um, you know, actually, when when we separated, I took my daughter with me. I was like, I want my daughter to come live with me. Wow. So Amazing. for like two, maybe three years after that, she stayed with me. And then all of a sudden, probably around six, she was like, I want to live with mommy. So I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> it wasn't like it was a, a bad situation. No. House. It was just me being dad, you know, being Papa Bear. It's like, now I'm taking... I'm taking this with me, you know, because I had that over, I had that overwhelming desire to be a father, you know what Absolutely. I mean? And I wanted to be that in-house father. Yeah, so, as you should. So I definitely understand what you're saying because I went through that experience of, you know, when it's not saying that I didn't have any help, but, you know, you have to, when you're getting up and you got to get the child fed in the morning, got to yeah. get them dressed, got to get them cleaned get them to the daycare, and then you're off at work for a majority of the day. Your kid's at the daycare, your kid's at school, and then after yep. school program, then you're getting off five or six o'clock, pick them up, you go home. Really, by the time you get home, you're just feeding them and getting them ready for bed. You yeah, didn't have a whole exhausted. lot of time to parent yep. or yep. raise them, you know. In, in, in. Yeah. yeah. That's heavy. Yeah. And this is the reality for so many of our families nowadays. And it's so unfair, but it's the reality. So tell, tell us a little bit more about, about just, uh, your book. So, you know, we break it down. It's broken down into chapters. Mm -hmm. And the chapters are basically things that girls are going to go through, you know, as far as from what I can, you know, gather. So we talk about fathers, daughters, and parents. And we talk about self-love and your perception of yourself and not settling for the first guy that looks at you and mm. losing your virginity and, you know, teenage motherhood and promiscuity. And we talk about peer pressure and love and, you know, role models and goals. I mean, whatever they're going to go through, even molestation, we talk about it because it's such a big thing in our community that is swept under the rug and such a secret. So we talk about these things, but it's never in a vulgar way or in a way that's inappropriate. It's just being honest and, mm. you know, having someone to talk to. Because what parents are failing to realize nowadays, I think, is that these kids are talking about these things without us. They are. Okay? 
they are talking and you know they're not talking because i even when my kids were smaller and you know now my kids are 16 and 13 but i remember when they were in like the sixth grade and i'd be like wait your friend told you what oh my god where did you get this from because these kids are at school and they're talking and they're communicating so they're talking about sex and they're looking at porn and all these things that we as parents just cannot believe would be happening and i've seen it firsthand so yeah. it's so scary and so for me it's like we got to get underneath this and kind of steer them back the right way because how do we want them to understand what love is or what sex is or what any of these things that are going to shape them are they're going to learn from porn or from their friends i mean none of these are healthy places to see what companionship and love is supposed to look like especially when they don't see what real love is in their home modeled in front of them from their mother and their father so yeah they're having these conversations and I want to be able to kind of step in the middle and kind of, okay, here's the real deal. Okay. Your friends told you this. Here's what really, here's what, how it really goes. You know, a lot of these kids think, Oh, I'm going to have sex with my boyfriend and you know, I can't get pregnant. It won't happen to me. And I'm like, guess what? <laughs> Let me tell you a real newsflash. It can happen to you. Here's how it only takes one time. Let me make sure that you understand if you're out here having sex and you get pregnant, you're going to be a teen parent. The father may or may not be. I just want mm -hmm. you to understand that, you know, you're going to be the one saddled with a baby while he goes off and whether he wants to go to school or hook up with another girl, you're going to be the one predominantly with this baby. Let me make sure you understand that. So we talk about all of these different things and kind of put things into perspective for them, you know, whether it's depression or suicide or, you know, sex or, you know, even with their, why are you in such of a need to be liked on social media? Why are you so down on yourself as often as you are? You know, I talk about in the self-confidence chapter how, you know, you get yourself dressed, you're feeling good today, you're beautiful. Oh, look at me. Hey, girl. And then you go outside and you see another woman and you're like, I'm so ugly. Why are my clothes? Oh, God, my hair. Oh, this is wrong. You were fine until you compared yourself to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Why? Why is your body not okay anymore? You were fine with your body until you went on social media and you're comparing it to theirs. If you stop looking at your body as a sex object or as something that's for fun for, for men to play with, perhaps you could appreciate your body for what it is doing for you. You know, so we talk about all of these different things from the female psyche as someone who has been there mm -hmm. and someone who has gotten through it to kind of give them a, a, a guide, if you will. That's awesome. That I always talk about how dangerous the social media is because it's really for most people, it's their highlight reel. It's yes. all their best moments, the best outfits, the best meals. They're not showing you when they're yes. sitting at home eating ramen. They're oh showing God. you when they're eating steak and lobster. <laughs> you know, Day night, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're showing you this outfit that you know they oh just they just saved up, you know, two weeks pay to pay for it. <laughs> Put it on and now I can't wear it anymore because I put it on Instagram so I can't even wear that anymore you know they're showing you all so your highlights so and like true. you said then you come out and you can start comparing yourself yep. your normal everyday life right. to someone else's highlight reel you and know nobody is posting their failures nobody. you know like there's people on here relationship goals don't do that don't compare yourself don't ever put your relationship goal on someone else you don't know what's going on behind closed doors some of these couples you think are super happy and, oh my God, he just gave her flowers again. But you don't know that he beat her last night or he cheated on her last night and this is why he gave her flowers or 
you can't compare your life to somebody else's or somebody else may have been working for this journey for the last 10 years and you started mm. today. And so you're seeing them on their chapter 10 and you're on your chapter one and you're comparing. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. But social media is the king of comparison. And when you start comparing yourself to someone else, you're never going to be good enough. And that is so key. Like that is critical for us to understand as women, as men, as people in general, because we're comparing ourselves. Yeah, I like how, what you uh, what you did with the chapter one and the chapter ten there, because I had a um, I had a coach once that told me he used it as quarters. It's like don't compare your um, your uh, uh, second your first quarter to somebody else's fourth quarter. Right. Oh, no, wait, wait, no. He reversed it. He was like, don't compare your um your fourth quarter to somebody else's first quarter because everybody has a great first quarter you come mm-hmm. out you're fresh you're ready to go you know, <laughs> you're warmed up but that fourth quarter is when it gets rough that's when it all comes <laughs> out. out of energy yeah you know that's when you really uh, uh realize who's who in that fourth quarter you know when you got to really pull it out don't compare your first chapter to somebody's 10th chapter. Don't do it. That's so true. But, you know, our kids don't understand that. Like, they're, they don't see that. They're just, I'm not good enough. I need to be prettier. My butt needs to be bigger. My lips need to be bigger. I need bigger boobs. And, oh, I don't like myself. And it's all based on what they're seeing that is so unrealistic and unattainable. We have to make sure that they know who they are and how beautiful they are and how cherished they are. At home, it has to start at home. Yeah, and see, like my daughter's thing is art. She likes to draw. Uh, she does actual physical drawings, paper to pencil, and she also does like digital drawing. Wow, working on animations cool. and stuff. Wow, and awesome. She start like since she picked up a pencil, she started drawing. And I remember YouTube was the thing. We watched <laughs> YouTube. She watched YouTube to try to learn how to draw. Mm-hmm. And she get down. Oh, I'm, I'm never gonna be a good artist. I'm never. Oh, and I had to explain to her, like, look, this person has been this person <laughs> been drawing for probably twenty years. Yep. You're four. You just started <laughs> drawing like last week. You is you're not gonna be as good as this person. It's the more you do it, the more you do it, the better That's you right. get. The better you get. That's right. And, you know, through the years, you, know, you just have to constantly. Nourish. You gotta constantly give that positive feedback. Yeah. And then now, the stuff that she draws and it's like she when she comes to visit, she uh, cause she's here like every every six to eight weeks or something like that. You guys out in California yes. get a break and we fly <laughs> back and forth. I'm, I'm really appreciate. That's one of the things I like about California now. She she gets a break so awesome. <laughs> you know, it's like just when I start getting really sad, she's here again. Oh, nice. But she'll go in her room and she'll start digging through her boxes and, and, and stuff and she'll pull out pictures. She's like, wow, look how far I've come. And you know, that's, I love it. that's those proud moments where you're like, bro, yeah. she, she could have gave up. If we yeah. hadn't if we hadn't fed that, she would probably she probably would have gave up. Yeah. Moved on to the next thing. You know, cause she's sitting there comparing herself to the YouTube guy who's been yeah. drawing since he was probably four years old. And now he's 20. <laughs> you know, but we definitely have to do our, uh, the, uh, the best job we can at nurturing Absolutely. and teaching and raising these young ladies. And not just the young ladies, the young men, too. Absolutely. Oh, because, yeah. Because um, 
you know, they're, they're, there's a lot of them out there that are lacking. They're a little different. They're a little different. They're a little different. <laughs> there's a little different. But I have to say, too, we were a little different, too. You know, we, we had our moments. That's, In comparison yeah. to the generation before us. So I have to remind myself that. That's true. That is true. Even when I look at how they dress, how they talk, and I'm like, these kids is weird off. Oh. But we up when we walked around with our baggy pants and you know uh, we was oh God. Those two our times. parents hated us. They're like, "What are you wearing? What is? We would never dress like that." And I mean, they were right, mind you. But now it's 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 a little it's it's much different than what it was before. I I think it's getting worse. I really do, if I can say that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We was out there. We was out. I remember my dad telling me one time. I never thought I'd be watch. I'd be taking my son to get his hair braided. It's oh like, no! Like whatever, old man. Let me go get these fire cornrows. So now I look at the kids with the purple hair and the, the oh. skinny jeans and the tight shirts, and it's like. Mm. But if you, if you really look at it, it's kind of like history repeating itself. Because you know, if you look at so fashion true. before the nineties, that's so true. It was pretty much the same thing. That's so true. Yeah, you're right. You know, then we went through the baggy hip hop era, and now we're back <laughs> to the, where you're talking. The nineties. Yeah. yeah. Enjoyed those nineties. But you know what? Someone told me the other day, and I said, "Oh my God!" Like that is so true. You know, they said you, you were talking to some of like the older parents, like our parents' age range, and you know, looking at ourselves now and looking at our children. And they were saying, you have to equip your children for the world that they are living in now. Because a lot of us, and even people, you know, in our age group, they, they were saying they're raising their children the way their parents raised them. And that's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. We have like great values and great morality, all of these things. But what they were saying was that you can't raise your children for a world that no longer exists. Things have changed. Times have evolved. Now we have to prepare our children for the world that they are living in. And we're, we're so quick to look at the world we used to have or the world our parents used to have. And it's a different world now. Well, you know, I just had one of those moments. I literally read that somewhere today myself. <laughs> see? You can't, don't, you can't raise the kids for a world that no longer exists. That's you see. Message people. Message. It's the reason why that thing came around. I don't believe in coincidences. It's the reason why that popped up again. You know. Yeah. Because uh, you know, there's we're both we're on two different sides of the country, and for both of us to to have that quote on our mind today, that means something. Yep. Now, um, tell the people where they can find your book if they're interested in getting that book. Uh, my book is on Amazon.com. If you search Shalia Vinny on Amazon, it will come up. Um, S, like Sam, H-A-L-E-E-A, V as in Victor, E-N-N-E-Y. It's also available on my website, Um, And I have a couple new books that are coming that are available for pre-order as well. So that's where I am. If you have, and if you have um, a link for that, if you send it to me, I'll post that over on my uh, podcast Facebook page. Absolutely, I will send now, that to you. You said that you were a two-time uh, bestseller. Yes, sir. What was your other works about? So my other bestseller is called Ugly Love. <laughs> Ugly and Love. 
that one is a collection of poetry and it is coming from a very real place uh it's for anybody who's ever been hurt who's ever been lied to who's ever been cheated on or who has ever cheated you can all find something in there that you can relate to uh there's one that's very popular right now that i made a video for that's going around facebook and all the internet community called angry sex thoughts and it's basically talking about what happens when you cheat on your spouse and then they may forgive you but now we're looking at the fallout that comes after this you know things that you might not know so it's just it's coming from a real place the premise of the book is saying love is full of beautiful and wonderful emotions and feelings this book isn't about any of those no, oh none of them <laughs> Yeah, no, none of them. <laughs> that sounds interesting. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely <laughs> a fun now, read. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Do you have an excerpt from one of your poems that you could share with us right now? Uh, from Ugly Love? Yeah. Let me see here. I do believe I have the book. Uh, just have to grab one. <laughs> oh, you laughing. You're trying to find a good one. <laughs> Ugly Love, people. Oh man, ugly love is yeah, it's pretty special. <laughs> I'm trying to just get the book. I didn't know I was gonna share it, but you said you could um edit this out like the time, yeah. right? Okay. <clears throat> Let me just pull it up like this. I was looking for the book, but because I'm looking for it, I don't see it, but I'll share. I have a computer, which is so dumb for me to just walk around looking for it. But good <laughs> thing you can edit this part out. Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> so, yeah, let's share some ugly love. <laughs> Since we brought up uh, angry sex thoughts, let's share a little bit of that one. All right. Let me see. Oh. Let me go to it. Where is angry sex? Uh, okay. Okay. So angry sex thoughts starts off like this. Please leave the kids out of the room. <laughs> Sometimes you're touching on my body and I can feel my temperature rise. You look me deep in my eyes. You slide in between my thighs and all I can do is fantasize. I find myself so lost and caught up when you're loving me. You're panting when you're breathing. Our bodies move in harmony. When you hit that spot like I like it, and I find myself getting excited. I pause, because here come the memories, trespassing like a house guest uninvited. I'm wondering what you were like when she was with you. I know that she could never adore you like I do, but you chose her and you gave her everything that you're giving to me. How could you look at her and make love to her, all the while never thinking of me? It's killing me to think about the way you moan because I thought your moan was my property. You're making love to me right now. My body is present, but my heart just wants to leave. Man. <laughs> Man. Oh, yes. that, was, that was dope. So that's just a little piece. There's actually like a snippet on my Facebook page. I, I, I literally made like a whole movie for that and it is something else to watch. Ugly love. Y'all might want to check that out. People. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that one's definitely one of my favorites. And it was it's very popular, actually, around Galentine's Day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Now, before we get out of here, you got anything that you would like to promote, anything you would like to push, any announcements you'd like to make? No, I don't really have any announcements. Uh, just to all my parents out there, go and grab a copy of Little Girl, Little Girl for the girls in your life, your nieces, your friends, your sisters, whoever you feel could benefit from it. It's not just for young women, it's for women of all ages. We're all, we'll see ourselves in that book somewhere. I wrote it like that on purpose so that we could, you know, grow with it and as we mature. Uh, so please go and grab that book. Um, and please keep up with me. Let me know what you guys think. I'm always on my social media. Uh, you can always contact me on my website. Reach out to me. I'd love to talk to all my, my peeps out there and know what you guys are thinking, how you guys are feeling about the projects. All right. All right. Y'all make sure y'all go check out Miss Shalia Vinny. Check out those books, especially that Ugly Love. That Ugly Love is <laughs> sounding real interesting right now. Um, Shalia, I really appreciate you talking to me today, taking the time out of your day to, uh, you know, share your works with us. Uh, it was a pleasure. Really glad to have you over here. Uh, the pleasure was all mine. That's so much fun. All right. So as always, thank you. To everyone who tunes into this show each and every week, I appreciate and I love all y'all, and we're out of here. Y'all have a great day.